Hey guys, my name is Zoe Lang, and I'm a freshman at the University of Michigan. Because we're all stuck in quarantine, I think it's the perfect time for my friends, as well as me, to share some of our best and worst stories. So it's all here, in my quarantine notebook. Hey y'all, so for our official second episode of the quarantine notebook, I thought it would only be fair that I talk about my own story. I did put my good friend Izzy Lian on blast in our last episode, having her reveal quite a personal story to an audience when I had yet to release my own story. And out of fairness, I do believe that I should talk about myself. So this is going to be talking about fake friends and how people's opinions of me or of you can ultimately accidentally alter your opinion of yourself. Today, I'm going to be talking about the worst moment of my whole entire life, and it happened uh, during my senior year of high school. And uh, I'd just like to add a disclaimer here that um, I've lived a very good life. I've been super fortunate and Maybe my definition of the worst moment of my entire life will make absolutely no sense to you. You'll be like, wow, this girl really be complaining about this tiny thing that impacted her so much. Um, And yeah, I I am. This is the worst moment of my entire life. And I understand that a lot of people have it way worse than me. But I'd also not like to discredit other people's sadness just because you or someone else has had it worse. Everyone processes things in different ways. Everyone has sad moments, and it's good to acknowledge that, you know? Um, Also, another sort of part two of my disclaimer is that I am a horribly emotional person. Like, I'm super, super emotional. Like, things hurt my feelings really easily. So, if you think I'm overreacting, I'm sorry. I wrote this uh, a long time ago, like uh, a couple months ago, and it's a story that does mean a lot to me, if that makes any sense. (laughs) I'll just read it to you. I'm sorry. (sighs) There are moments that you remember like they're yesterday. There are moments that you don't remember at all. And for some reason, all the worst memories are the ones you seemingly can never forget. My senior year of high school was the worst year of my whole life. I was applying to college with a horrible mentality that I had no chance of getting into good schools. I ended up only applying to three, one reach and two safeties. For context, I had a crazy smart friend group. Some of the best stats, test scores, and essays that I had ever seen, and I was just never on their level. I was also living in the shadow of an older sister that had gotten a full score on the SAT and was smarter than I could ever be. I was lost, aimless, self-conscious, and had so little faith in my own abilities to a point where no one really believed in me either. When I got into my dream school in December, I thought I'd be so happy and that the weight of inadequacy would finally be lifted off my shoulders after four long years. The following week was a flurry of whispers, everyone figuring out who had gotten in and who hadn't. No one advertised it, but after the seven days, everyone knew who had been deferred. When the whispers got to me, I remember feeling my heart sinking down into the pit of my stomach. I don't know how Zoe got in. 
the opinion of two people out of 600 in our class still circulates my mind every so often. My feeling of inadequacy exponentially increased, my imposter syndrome ripping through my body. My opinion of myself already so low decreased exponentially every single day. The rest of the year, I got the sentiment from even more of my peers. I just don't understand how you got in, but I didn't. Your stats are literally lower than mine. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And these are just the ones that I know about. Those people, though not purposely trying to hurt me, shredded every last bit of self-confidence that I had left. The desperate need to prove myself, even now, showing up in every possible situation. Already with this monster of self-doubt settled into my fragile psyche, my year got much worse. It was a completely normal weekend. I invited one of my friends over to chat and catch up with life, and she ended up staying a few hours at my house. While we were chatting, she suddenly shot up, eyes wide, telling me she needed to show me something. All of a sudden, a group chat was pulled up, and my heart once again sank to the very bottom of my chest. I sat there in a daze. Can we get Zoe to shut the fuck up to me, please? Dude, honestly, she's so fucking annoying. I see her talking to you, and I get pissed listening. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up, you fat fuck. You need to eat shit on stage during DECA or something. And then she was removed from the chat because she was my friend. Who knows what they said after that. After reading the messages, I went into autopilot until the moment she left. Closing the door, I gripped the cold metal handle for a split second before slowly turning the lock. Blinking frantically, I slowly walked upstairs, shut the door of my room, and dialed my best friend. Still on autopilot, I told him everything that had happened. A group chat that my friend witnessed. Someone I thought was my friend laughed, and three boys who despised me chatted openly about how much they hated me. I felt like there was a hundred pound weight resting on my chest, trying so hard not to cry, until tears just leaked out of my eyes. The type of uncontrollable, dry heaving inducing, trouble breathing, heart wrenching type of cry. I broke down to my best friend. Everyone hated me. I had no friends. I was the most annoying person on this planet. I was completely lost. I decided that I was going to block these people on their social media. Not out of spite necessarily. It was just that every time I saw their faces, all I wanted to do was burst into manic tears. It was for the betterment of my mental health. It was necessary. I forgot one thing, though. One of the boys, probably the one that hated me the most, had a Finsta or fake Instagram. One that was so inactive, I thought it didn't exist anymore. (laughs) He posted on it a day after I blocked him with a cute little note directed to me at the bottom. P.S. Don't forget to block this one too. (laughs) It was like yet another punch in the gut. I had cried for three days about this. He knew because I had called his girlfriend and bawled. He knew how much hurt I was feeling. So did she. And they just didn't care. For as hopelessly lost as I felt before, somehow this magnified it 100 times. My newly adjusted sleep schedule was to go to school, come home, and eat the biggest meal that I could think of, take a nap because that much eating made me tired, and then wake up after four hours and watch TV or YouTube or Netflix for another three. Then I would go to sleep 
and start my cycle all over again. I developed immense hatred for my body, my personality, myself. I refused to look into mirrors or even go out with anyone, not even my friends. I truly lost a piece of myself that year that I always treasured. Now, I watch myself, so careful, trying to never be annoying. Silencing my opinion if I have the slightest worry that what I could say could be perceived in any kind of negative light. A constant inkling of fear is always present, pushing down any urge to meet new people and manipulating me into remaining with what's familiar, safer. If I'm honest, I can barely recognize myself to this day, a shell of who I thought I was, losing a sense of identity, too scared to go back to the original unashamed self. Someone who didn't have to think twice before saying what was on her mind. Someone who could go up to any stranger and strike up a conversation without feeling like a fish out of water. Someone who had a positive outlook on herself and how those around her viewed her. I'm scared that I lost her, that I will never ever find her, and will continue drifting without a real identity. It's scary when you no longer have any idea about who you are. And that's on being a undeclared creative writing writer. <laughs> In all seriousness, um, I know this is something that a lot of people have gone through. That concept of someone that you thought maybe was your friend or someone that you didn't know hated you going, I guess, behind your back and saying really unnecessarily rude things about you and your personality and maybe some things that you just can't change. And I know it hurts because shit cut deep for me. Um, <laughs> something I think I want to bring up that really weirdly helped me was a song in the musical Mean Girls. It's called I'd Rather Be Me by Barrett Wilbert Weed. It is about people that, again, you thought were your friends that turned out to be maybe not so great as you thought they were before. And it's about embracing who you are instead of letting whatever those other people say get you down. And I did so badly let these people get me down for saying probably less than four sentences of rude things about me. And it's sad that I let it affect me this much but I do understand why it did. And I understand if that you're, if you're going through it as well, like why it would affect you so much. And I'm still working on it. You know, I'm still working on finding that balance of when I hear about this kind of stuff, just letting it roll off my back now. And I'm not great at it. And if you're not great at it, it's okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. But we are all in this together. I'm in this with you. And we can get through it. Because as much as other people hate, as much as other people will say all these negative things about you, like, it only means something if you listen, if that makes sense. It only means something when you let it mean something. And hopefully from now on, we just won't let it mean something anymore. And how the world views Zoe is no longer going to define how Zoe views herself. Hey. 
And that's all for episode two of the Quarantine Notebook. I hope you guys enjoyed my story, and I can't wait to bring more stories to you through the rest of quarantine.